Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. It's Ian here with you. And Aria. Jeremy Kaufman is with us, the founder and the creator of Library, and I think partial founder of Odyssey back in the day. Welcome, Jeremy. Hey, uh, it is it is always great to talk to you, uh, although the circumstances might not be great. And I do also want to apologize to your listeners. I mean, forcing them to stay on topic just seems really rude. <laughs> well, that's all right. They'll get over it. Yeah, I think they can manage it this once. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, welcome back to the show. I know we've had you on at some points in the past, but I feel like it's been a couple years uh, since that's happened. Uh, you got tied up in all kinds of ridiculous legal chains back around the same time we did. Uh, it was March of 2021, shortly after the FBI raided this studio in the Crypto 6 situation. I think it was, what, within a week or so. Uh, you got delivered paperwork from the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, saying they were taking Library, the company that you created, uh, to court. That's right. Well, I've actually been under, well, we've been under investigation uh, for five years. Uh, we're, at, we're at the uh, five-year anniversary. And oh, they, me too. It took them five years yeah. to investigate us as well. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, I know. It's kind of the worst, like, it's like one of the worst parts of it. Uh, because yeah, I mean, our circumstances are are very different, and uh, and honestly, it's actually <laughs> you're, you're, I see what you've been going through, and I'm like, because I've been kind of like, oh, this sucks, man. I'm like, I'm like, this this is awful. This is like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then at the same time, uh, of course, you're going through your situation, um, which honestly is is worse. I mean, I'm I'm losing a lot of money. I'm I'm going to be losing a lot of years of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I and it, I'm not lo- like. It's going to continue, but I think you know there's been a lot of economic damage uh, to myself, to the people who work at the company, to to the people involved in the project. Like it's going and it's going to continue in some form. <clears throat> they may force it to shift forms, you know. Some of that's still unclear, so I don't want to I don't want to go too deep into to sure. that aspect of it specifically. Yeah, but I mean, but uh, yeah, you're losing something that you love, something that you created, and something that you you know dedicated a huge portion know, of your Ian, life. I can't. I can't. I can't be woe is me to you. <laughs> I can't, what? He can't say woe is me. Uh. Yeah, I can't do. I can't do it to you. Uh, uh, yeah, it does suck. It does suck. I've been. I've been. I've been sad about it, and like it feels because it's like because also I know. I mean, I think you know, you and I are both free staters, and and Aria too, and, and I imagine a lot of your audience uh, is or prospective uh, free state. If they're not free staters yet, they're, they're free state sympathetic, you know. And it's it's, but you know, so like we get it. But but like you know you saw the same thing in your case and I see the same thing as mine. It's like you know the the the, the amount of the people's ability to like sort of defend and prop up the system like even while being apologetic about it, it's like well just stop you know just stop like, and, and but we have a nature that you know it's different. I mean all of us not you know I uh, when I say we all of these all of us with this kind of liberty inclination because you know to other people like they like they kind of do see us as as the bad guy you know and we of course see ourselves as as you know principled as 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 trying to you know to do this thing and of course i agree with us <laughs> i sure. agree with us but it's like that's that's you know that's i don't know that's the reality that's the reality of it we were found guilty of what's called a section 5 violation an unregistered securities offering it's a civil offense and it means that we sold an investment contract, a security, 
uh, without following the proper, you know, regulatory rules and procedures. Um, and in our case, there's no, you know, there's been no victim. No one went to the government and, and said that they were harmed. But the government effectively believes that almost all crypto asset sales are, are securities offerings. Um, in our case, the judge ruled um, due to this specific combination of facts of owning a substantial amount of the crypto asset and um, and working on it and selling it, that those things combined, you know, make the sale, specifically very much hinging on having, um, depending on the portion of that you hold, but specifically on working on it, holding it and selling it, that that's a securities offering. That seems so strange um, to and- me that, that that could be the determining factor on what is and isn't a security, but... This is where it gets into areas that are so far beyond my understanding because it deals with all of these complicated financial definitions and legal definitions that I do not even begin to understand. Hang on there. You got to remember here. Broadcast radio. You can't say that one. Okay, I can't that, say I that one. I got to I got to Just think that. of the uh, the, uh, the Carlin seven dirty words. I don't know if you're familiar with that skit. I but... am. I am. But that's not what I thought that wasn't one of them. Yeah, right, I'm pretty I'll sure that one's on there. Well, the good the, the good uh, news is our listeners on Odyssey are able to hear the uncensored version <laughs> of the show uh, tonight. That's right. So. So, so, so follow Free Talk Live on, uh, you know, on on Odyssey. Um, but the, the, um, the, the, oh, the, the securities, securities law is one of those things and the SEC generally is one of those things where the government, uh, the, you know, the way bureaucracies work, your listeners know they, they, they're cancer, right? Whatever they can do, they grow however they can mm-hmm. yeah. without cause, without reason. And the SEC has been one of the most successful cancers in terms mm-hmm. of government agencies and securities law is like, might as well be the commerce clause, of uh, you know, in terms of how uh, uh, the SEC has been able to do this, and you know, and so uh, the, the SEC is like, for example, right now they're becoming the EPA uh, with a lot of their they're forcing these companies to do all of this various environmental reporting, and they're saying no, you have to do this, uh, you know, to do right by the market, and if you don't do it, you'll you'll be a foul of securities law. Um, and if they've managed to make securities law everything everything is securities fraud. Uh, so as right, example, so they're shoehorning uh, yeah. as much as they possibly can into yeah. this whatever this definition was that Congress put down at some point. They're saying, "Oh yeah, that qualifies, and that, that qualifies too." And they're just putting everything they can in front of a judge. And of course, the judges typically do the bidding of the federal government, uh, no matter how thoughtful or whatever they might be. That tends to be the direction things go. And so, and we've seen that in the in the Crypto Six case where. You know, the some judge in a previous case said Bitcoin is quote unquote funds, even though it shouldn't meet the definition of funds or money or whatever. It's just some judge who doesn't understand the technology said something at some point. And so now every other judge that hears a Bitcoin related case looks to that previous judge and says, well, this other judge said Bitcoin was funds. So Bitcoin is therefore funds, even though it's never even been addressed uh, by Congress. Yeah. Absolutely. And they're, I mean, they're very smart about it, too. I mean, like the SEC is artfully going around and doing this sort of like carving, this very careful carving um, of like just advancing, um, you know, 5, 10, 15 percent uh, and then going to judges and being like, well, like, look, this is just a little bit different. And they're going to eat the whole thing until until I mean, hopefully eventually a judge will shut them down, because honestly, I have more faith in a judge doing it than Congress. 
<laughs> like I do. I'm not saying I'm not saying a judge is going to, but like I, the, the idea of Congress fixing it mm-hmm. feels even worse. So, if from the uh, point of view of the SEC, it makes perfect sense. You know, they're a government bureaucracy. They're full of power-hungry bureaucrats, power-hungry little tyrants who want more control over other people. But they're limited in their power. They can only regulate the world of securities. Even if, like, the judge seems very willing to say, I'm only ruling on this narrow issue and, you know, send all these signals that all this other stuff should still be okay. It can be sold in exchanges. If you exchange it to someone else, it's all completely legal. The problem is that that's not the way that a business is going to think of it. If you're, if you're an exchange, if you're an entity, you're thinking about doing a deal this, the question is, am I going to get an SEC subpoena? Mm-hmm. Not, am I complying with the law? This is a very important difference, right? It, once the, if the SEC or any government agency demonstrates continued animosity towards a business, I can't do business. Mm-hmm. Because if they just show they're going to harass anyone I do business with, why would anyone do business with me? Right. Yeah, it's a chilling effect. Yeah. But, and it's and that's tragic. I'm not, like, attacking them. It's rational behavior on their part. Do you see this affecting – you mentioned, you know, exchanges. Do you see this affecting library and library credits uh, going into the future, like where it may be delisted yeah. or – it already has been. This is the problem. I mean, so we got these strong signals yesterday from the judge. The judge said in court that secondary sales should not be considered securities. The question is, and by the way, this is an open question. Like, th- there might have been enough in court. I don't, you know, I can't model the way that they think exactly because I'm, like, way more willing to push the envelope than, obviously, most people are. So, the, you know, I don't know what it's going to take a Coinbase or a Kraken or a Binance US or whoever, or even just a Binance again, because like US laws might as well be global. This is, you know, it doesn't matter. Like, so what's going to make them feel comfortable? Mm-hmm. Was the judge's language strong enough that they're going to feel comfortable? Or are they just going to be like, why take the risk? And I don't, I don't know. I would, I, you know, it'd be nice. And, and certainly, you know, if there's any kind of pressure on them, any kind of encouragement, you know, like, cause they're going to keep, the SEC is going to keep coming. So I think this would be a nice one. It's a chance to kind of like take a bit of a stand in a positive way where the judges said, no, this should be okay. But because it wasn't before the court, he couldn't really rule on it in his you know framework of, of thinking about things. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the big question that we're facing because if there's not enough, if everyone's just going to be chilled, then it's like, right. I mean, it's the same issue we faced, you know, as the Crypto Six. They don't have to go after everyone who's ever sold cryptocurrency. They just have to go after enough, and they just have to make a big enough display of it where everyone else is just too scared to go near it. And that's Yeah, you don't want this to happen to you. Right, and that's what they're attempting with library. And it's a huge problem, because also with the Crypto uh, Six stuff, I mean, and this is the government's, the most important aspect of cryptocurrency for the whole thing to work is, you know, because you're not going to get away from, people aren't going to hard cut from fiat. So you need, you need fiat to cryptocurrency exchange mechanisms that can remain anonymous essentially, um, or, you know, less than, you know, less than full regulation. And I'm not saying that you guys, I think you guys were trying to do everything in compliance with the law, but, but like we need the ability to convert those things in a cash like way. If cryptocurrency is going to succeed, because if you're able to control all of the on and off ramps, you know, right. And you, yeah. and, that's the and value of Coinbase actually, and Kraken and Binance and all of these others is that they, they play ball with the government. So it sort of gives the government almost direct control to determine who gets to use cryptocurrency and who doesn't. That's right. Right. Well, 
That's right. And because that's all KYC, that's all, all, like the government has full insight to all of the transactions happening in all of those places. And I think those services sort of place. I'm not anti those services. But what's very, very, very important is that there also be the cash to crypto conversion possibilities and mechanism. Mm-hmm. And if, but if they're able to cut that off and push everything or almost everything into the, the full you know, KYC centralized credit card you know, bank account, then you've lost the value because the whole point, is, and this is like a huge failure for Bitcoin where everyone should have been like, how did we not, how after 10 years was like the Canadian trucker protest where like the Canadian truckers were getting debanked and they weren't able to be like, oh, just send us Bitcoin. And why? Because if you're a Canadian and the Canadian government says you can't donate money to these people, then how, like, how do you do it? You have a credit card, you have a bank account, you're a normal law-abiding citizen. You're not a crypto anarchist, you're not in these circles, right? So how are you going to do it? Because if you just go to Coinbase and take out your credit card and buy Bitcoin and send it to the truckers, you might as well write them a check. David is in Georgia. David, you're on with Jeremy from Library. Hey, uh, quick, two quick questions and a comment. The two quick questions are, why did you remain in the U.S. and why did you not re- remain anonymous? Because if Satoshi had asked for permission to create Bitcoin, we wouldn't have Bitcoin right now. Sure. Yeah, that's a good that's a good question. Uh, so w- once we're in terms, so I'll work backwards. R- r- getting out of the U.S. wouldn't have helped anything at all, right? Because the whole the the United States government opinion is going to once they once they've got that their jaws into that, like they're not going to let it go. They're going to continue to take the position that the sale of LDC is a security. And if we simply moved overseas, like they would have, they would have still been, uh, you know, attempted to persecute that token in terms of the ability to sell it. Right. And that, that's the problem. Once that, like once that's right, we, we didn't lose when we were found guilty. We lost when the suit was announced, we had a chance to win when we were found guilty, but being found guilty didn't change that. We were found guilty when the suit was announced. I mean, you're exactly right. When the government comes after you, even if you win and you you were found, you know, not guilty or whatever the equivalent of this is, it's just a matter of how much you lose when the government is involved. As soon as they set their eyes on you, it's the eye of Sauron, you lose something, whether it's time or money or part of your life Mm -hmm. or your entire life. Or your whole business. Yeah. But specifically, like if if we want Odyssey to be the commercial success that we think it can be, if we want library apps to be the commercial success that we think that they can be, that necessitates average normal people being able to get in and out of the library ecosystem. And once that suit is announced, you can't do that absent being found. If we had been found completely, you know, innocent or even partially innocent, I actually think there would have been a very clear, uh, you know, road back. There's still potentially a road back here with what, with what the judge was saying the other, you know, the other day, saying it's very narrowly about us. But effectively, once the case had started, then um, uh, that um, uh, there was no there was no path that, there was no way out but through. Like moving internationally wouldn't have helped. So that brings it to the other half of the question, which is why you know do it publicly. Um, one, look, there are lots of public you know cryptocurrencies. Um, so I think that if you want to go, I think it's a choice that, that some people make. I think it's a smart choice for some people speaking for myself personally. It's not, I, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't live my life worrying that as soon as I make like an offset mistake, I would, you know, be in prison or something like that. 
Like I try to live my life the opposite. I'm a very transparent person. I'm very forward with what I think to the point that it bothers people. <laughs> so it's just not my psychology. I'm not saying that it's therefore a correct choice. Like I'm not saying like being anonymous might've been better, but it, for me, it's just not, I don't think it's something I could do. Jessica, normally she's in Missouri tonight. She's calling us from our very own Manchester, New Hampshire. Jessica, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I found out how pricey it is here. I can't afford to live here. I'm going to have to go back to Missouri, man. It's like, geez, uh, you know, in Missouri, I rented a house. I didn't own it. I rented it. It was $329 a month wow. plus utilities and uh, upkeep of the grounds and outside of the house. And it's like here, uh, like a studio apartment, 1800 bucks a month. <laughs> well, I mean, you may, are you looking just in the city or are you looking out in a more rural area? I, um, I was, I'm just in the city right now. And were you in a city in Missouri as well? And you were getting a $300, uh, Apartment? Yeah, I was in uh, Springfield, Missouri. is a, a medium. Actually, it's larger than Manchester in population mm-hmm. and uh, landmass. It's it's approximately one hundred eighty nine thousand. There's about three colleges there, and it landmass it's larger, I think, than uh, Manchester is. Hmm. So, I can't speak yeah, to Manchester. Go ahead. A, a, like a moderate uh, sized community, and it wasn't a suburb of any larger city or anything. Yeah, I can't speak to Manchester, but I don't think there's even an apartment in Keene that costs $1,800 a month. Even like right there on Main Street, I don't think that. I mean, they can be priced. Yeah, they're probably you can get close. apartments in Keene for, for that much money. Really? The the new Colony Mill right over at the corner up here is like $2,000 apartments wow, from what I understand. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it just depends on what you're willing to live with. I mean, there's definitely no doubt some areas of the country cost more uh, in which to live than others. New Hampshire apparently is... Uh, you know, depending on where you go to look on the lower end of things, according to what is this? I don't know if this is MERIC data gathered in the third quarter of 2021. New Hampshire has the 38th lowest cost of living in the country. So, I mean, that's not bad, but that means there's another dozen states that have lower costs of living. How do, where does Missouri rank on this list? I don't, I don't have the list okay. in front of me. Because, I mean, it just seemed pretty good based on, you know, New Hampshire being in the number 38. Chances are good that Missouri actually has a higher cost of living. I don't know. But it's also true, it Jessica, that, you know, you you make more money in wages. And I, I don't know what your, you know, employment situation is, but people tend to make more in wages than they do in Missouri as well. Like here, our McDonald's starts people out at, I think, $16 an hour. And that's relatively new. But it used to be like $12, $13 an hour anyway. Whereas in Mississippi, where I'm initially from, rent was certainly much cheaper. You could find a, a full house for five or $600 a month. But when you started at McDonald's, you were making seven twenty-five an hour. Yeah, I guess. So you came all the way up to New Hampshire just to look at housing prices? Why are you? Why did you come up here? I came up here to see how the winters were. If I could, like, withstand the winters, mm-hmm. you know, then I would move here, provided I could afford it. But it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to afford it. I can withstand the winters, but um, is that because you're a retired person and you're you're living off of yeah, a I'm, paycheck? I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm in my late sixties. I'm I'm retired. I'm living off of social security and you know the small pension that I have, and that's it. It's like, so 
it's it's going to be kind of. I don't want to live in government housing. So, sure. And in Missouri, I don't have to. But it kind of looks like in New Hampshire, I'd have to Ugh. apply for and get Section Eight or some kind of crappy housing, and I don't want to do that. We've got Ricky in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live, Ricky. Thank you, brother. Good evening, and good evening to you, Sister Aria. Well, what's on your mind tonight, Ricky? Well, the fair the fair tax act. Okay. Yeah. Now I thought I'd seen it all after the midterms in that first week in the House of Representatives, but I I had not. Uh, just in case anybody's not aware what the fair tax is, the fair tax act is is it's a, a proposed bill that is going to be brought to the floor as ludicrous as it seems. Uh, by Representative Buddy Carter from Georgia. Mm-hmm. And what it is is uh, the idea here is going to abolish the income tax. Okay, that sounds good. The estate tax and All abolish right. the payroll tax. All sounds good uh, so far. Yeah, but there's problems with this. You see, here's the problem. First of all, uh, abolish the income tax. Well, that, that in all in all, uh, is not going to really especially help in fact, they're looking to abolish the whole tax code now. I'm not trying down. to help the government, though. Why wouldn't it help? It would help every individual who has to deal with this stupid tax nonsense every year. They have to pour hours, if not days of their lives, in trying or hiring somebody, to, you know, God knows how much money, to figure out what well, they have to pay I mean, these goons in tax. Well, here's the problem with, the, with they're looking for the replacement of these three items. Now, in the case of the payroll tax, the majority of that Social Security. Now, that's ludicrous because uh, it's your money. Now, you're not going to have to pay it up front. Well, that's wonderful. We're going to have nothing later. Okay, fine. But here's the problem. What they're looking to do to replace this with, and this is a real bill. You know, I wish I was making this up. They're looking to replace it with a 30% flat tax. Now, those ta- that tax is to be pl- placed on everything, everything from a gallon of milk to food to clothing to a car, even at this point, a house. Now, the problem with this, I see, is multiple problems. Problem number one, you know, people think, oh, the wealthy ain't going to go for that. Well, they're not going to care. It's not going to make a difference because you're still going to have the same separation of the classes. Second of all, it's going to crush everybody from the middle class on down. And you're still going to obviously have your state taxes. You're going to have, like in my case, I'm going to have property tax, school tax, and sales tax. I don't see how it's you know. going to crush everyone from the middle class down. Uh, the more money people spend on consumer goods, like you mentioned milk and stuff like that, the more taxes they're going to pay. But they can always choose to not spend that money and not make the taxes. This is why I like the Fair Tax Act, or at least parts of the Fair Tax Act. It taxes yeah, people for spending, which discourages people from spending money, whereas the income tax penalizes people for earning money, which discourages people from earning money. I would rather discourage them from spending and encourage them to save. Mm. And the Fair Tax Act, it doesn't do that, but it's at least better in that it it, it goes in that direction. I think the fair we have we have talked about this by the way in recent weeks here on Free Talk Live. I think the fair tax is uh, terrible in that I hate all taxes and that uh, all taxes should be abolished. But I do agree with Arya that it is a slight improvement over the current situation of this incredibly complex tax code. Have you read it, Ricky? Hmm? Have you read the tax code, the uh, Internal Revenue Code? Oh, I know some things, but I mean, I've never read it cover to cover. Okay. How many tens of thousands of pages is it now? I don't know. 
I have no idea. I don't. I don't, know, I don't even. They know. Anybody? Huh? <laughs> you know what? I mean, has anybody read it that's not like working for the IRS or anything? Is Indeed. So, how could that? anyone be uh, expected to follow it if they've never read it? Well, one of the things I'm looking at that's not cool is, I mean, uh, I mean, right now, I mean, you do pay income tax, but you can take deductions now. They don't. Pay can you answer my question? Money. How are you supposed to be expected to follow something that you've never read? Uh, Man, that silence was loud. Let's go to Gigi in South Carolina. Gigi, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Aria. Hi, everybody. Good evening Hi, to all of you this evening, listeners and the guest hosts. Welcome. Two things. Several months ago, I learned so many things listening to our beloved Reverend Captain teach us, and I emphasize the word teach, about free market economies, the true essence of capitalism, of the origins of the United States of America, and his passion for economic principles from that brilliant, brilliant economist, Ph.D. winner. Captain, do you remember I called in and I said, as a former professor, I loved your program. You were brilliant that night. Uh, unfortunately, the captain is not on the show tonight. He is on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, typically, is but usually Ian? not. Usually not on during the week. Yeah, it's Ian and Aria in oh, the studio I beg tonight. Oh, I your pardon, Ian. Excuse me. You two gentlemen have a similar voice to me. But today on NPR, I was listening to a program with an economy professor who was saying exactly what the captain had taught me several months ago, and I was was listening attentively and saying to myself, bravo, Captain. Okay, but what was it that you learned? Yes, it was the program on NPR, Eastern Standard Time here in Charleston at 2 p.m., called Think out of Texas, and an economy professor was speaking. I don't remember the woman's name, but she was discussing Every detail that the captain taught us. Which was? What what was it? About free market economies, free market principles, true capitalism, no government regulations, no government interference. I'm surprised they put that on NPR. I just wanted to bring up Odyssey because... uh, I'm a big fan of Library, and Odyssey is sort of the the spawn from from Library. It's the the platform that was created uh, by the Library folks back in the day, and it is the most freedom-oriented video streaming platform out there. Uh, You can go to our channel at video.freetalklive.com, and there's now something new that you can do with our channel. Uh, Given that Odyssey is having a tough time, it seems like, the financials aren't looking so good. For Odyssey, so like even if the SEC doesn't completely, you know, slice open library and manage to uh, stab uh, Odyssey at the same time and cut it out or destroy its life, uh, Odyssey may still have a, a tough time, a, a tough road ahead of it, even without the the SEC. So I can uh, imagine. I don't think YouTube makes Google very much money. That the ad revenue from you know having Google is what makes them their money. I suspect YouTube is also sort of a loss for them, and I don't think Odyssey has a. I wonder about Google that, yeah. that makes them any money. Yeah, I mean they're trying to do advertising. They're they do have a direct sponsorship that you can do now. You can subscribe to Odyssey, what they call Odyssey Premium, 
and I think it's only like three bucks a month. I don't actually see the price jumping out at me here, but it is there like on the main page of odyssey.com. You can you can get sub- subscribed to that, and then that gets rid of the advertisements on okay. the site. But now something new that we're doing on the Free Talk Live channel at video.freetalklive.com is you can now subscribe to the equivalent of kind of like the AMP program, but through Odyssey, meaning that Odyssey now has uh, membership, as they call it, meaning that oh, someone can cool. can sign up for five bucks a month and become a silver-level supporter of our Odyssey channel through Odyssey. Now, there is actually a fee, unlike a lot of the per-month subscription services, like on, on Patreon, for instance, if you go to our AMPS program at amps.freetalklive.com and you sign up there for 5 bucks a month, it's going to cost you 5 bucks a month, but Patreon takes their, I don't know, 8% or 10% or something yeah. off of that. In the case of Odyssey, they actually add their fee to the $5, so when you sign up for $5, it's actually going to show you what the real total is going to be. It's going to be like $5.70-something cents. I think Patreon has a way to do that. Maybe it's GoFundMe that I'm thinking mm. about that has a way to do that. But some of these platforms are similar to Odyssey in that respect. Add it in at the right. end. Yeah, so it's upfront about it at least. But sure. So you will spend a little bit more than the sort of the sticker price, but it'll tell you that before you, you And go this helps the support Odyssey as well as us. A small right? chunk of it is sure. going to support Odyssey. That one of the things that's cool about Odyssey is they, they've advertised that they give like 90% to the content creators when it comes to signing up for these things. Whereas if you go to YouTube and you do one of those super chats or whatever... I'm pretty sure that's like 50%. Maybe YouTube does have 40%. memberships now, but I have no idea how they work. A huge yeah. chunk. A huge chunk. Also true on Twitch. It's like half of it goes to Twitch to Jesus. support the platform. So if you want to actually support the show that you support, it's a terrible idea to give money to, to uh, YouTube or Twitch. They're just going to take it, like half of it for themselves. Plus, so. if you use Odyssey... To you know, support us. You also are helping Odyssey a little bit as well. Correct, correct. Which is nice, and it will give you a, apparently a member's badge. So, like when you're in the chat room, it'll show a little badge next to your username. And there's also the option, and I haven't experimented enough. I just enabled this today on okay. our Odyssey channel at video.freetalklive.com. Just click membership or click the join button at the top. Uh, but it, it does allow us to do what is called a members only chat. Now, what I haven't figured out yet about the members-only chat is whether that just means that, like, if you're a member, you can see members-only during a members-only chat, or uh, if everyone else who's not a member is locked out from the chat, and it's only for, for members who are chatting. And given I we have no members right now, I don't have any way of testing it. I don't know about YouTube, but I mean, I don't know about Odyssey, but the way YouTube handles this is only members are allowed to chat. Everyone okay. else can still read the chat. That's probably what it is. Let's go to Chuck. He's in Washington State. Chuck, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. You know, thank God for KTOX in Needles, California, because I wouldn't be listening to you right now if uh, it wasn't for them. to be. And I'm in Longview, Washington. Imagine that. I just love the Internet and its reach. I well, I am also grateful for KTOX. It's a great station that airs us, I think, six-plus days a week, maybe we even seven. S- we seem to have a lot of listeners who listen to us yeah. on KTOX. Yep. A lot yep. of callers. It, yep. it, it's, it, and it's a weird thing. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Now, I just wanted to uh, mention, now, if you need somebody uh, like a guy on the street, uh, a, a QRF type of a person to go to either Portland or Seattle... I could be that guy. You mentioned 
that uh, you're low budget. Why would we want to send someone to Portland or Seattle? Well, I mean, if Donald Trump gets reelected, you know there's going to be a riot or something like that. I don't I think mean, I would want to put ask anyone to go put themselves in, in harm's way. And what is QRF? It's a quick reaction type of a okay. freak. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we've always QRF. said that anyone that has something to talk about can call into the show. So, I mean, if somebody felt like going to, you know, the heat of the battle or something like that and That's calling right. in, then they, I would certainly welcome their call. But I would never ask someone to go no, and put themselves no, in jeopardy. No. I, I think that's a good good idea. Now, I just want to appreciate, again, the quality of radio that you guys still offer. No, oh, thanks. Uh, people around America. I mean, the scratchy AM thing that's off in the distance, that's still a thing. And I appreciate that. I, I mean, and, and I know there's some old timers out there that like that kind of radio. So <clears throat> that's kind of, uh, I think, what um, people like me like me are looking for. You know, they're not looking for a Glenn Beck type of a thing. They're looking for low budget. They're looking for people that will just call in. Uh, they're not looking for a producer that will say, uh, okay, what's your comment, and then hang mm-hmm. up on you after uh, oh, yeah. five seconds. Have of, you had uh, that experience calling other talk shows? Well, there's a station on the West Coast out of San Francisco called KGO. It's yep. 810 on the AM dial. And they have a very rude... A uh, bunch of uh, a very rude cadre of of uh, producers and screeners that mm-hmm. just sit there and uh, belittle you for a little bit, and then now you know you're all pissed off, and then they want to put you on with the local host or whatever. But they've gotten rid of a lot a lot of that sound that that local host feel, and yeah. uh, you, you do that for America. The the the, the Free Talk Live does that. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate I that. The station you're referring uh, I, to, KGO, uh, for many years was, uh, if I recall correctly, KGO. a Cumulus station, which is one of the biggest national-level broadcasters that's out ABC. there. And what's been happening uh, over the years, of course, especially when it comes to these big-level commercial broadcasters like iHeartMedia or uh, Cumulus. These are the, the number one and the number two. I forget which order they are at the at the moment, but they're big. And they have hundreds of, of radio stations. Is They have a ton of debt. And so these companies are you know, operating in the red, and they've never dug out from, uh, from this level of debt that they have. And of course, the price of radio stations is going down. So if they want to sell their stations, which they paid top dollar for in the 1990s, uh, the value of those stations has been tumbling, especially in the last decade, but certainly in the last 15-plus years overall. And so they can't just sell their stations away and make the money to pay their creditors because the stations will sell for a fraction of what they paid for them. So they are in the hole big time, and they the only way to get out from their perspective is to cut, 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 cut costs. And that means that a station like San Francisco, which is, the, I think, the number three market or four or something like that, it's a huge market in the U.S., a station like KGO in San Francisco, which used to be like top dog, number one yeah. uh, radio the station, 50,000-watt AM blowtorch with a around-the-clock news organization and, and live shows, probably, I mean, I don't know, I haven't looked at their their station information for a while but i'm oh, just gonna terrible. i'm gonna guess it's gone all syndicated with very rare very uh rare local content you've heard of sports talk radio 
on a sports talk radio station, they have like the games, right? Like yeah. there's, you know, the Red Sox or the whatever the hell they are in San Francisco, the baseball team or the football team. They'll have the they'll have the games and then they'll the have Giants, some, I think. Yeah, whatever they are. And then they'll have some somebody talking about them afterwards. They'll have a talk show. And they take phone calls and they talk to sports yeah. geeks, right? Like that's what they do. They bring on athletes and interview them and coaches and crap like that. And they yeah. just Yeah. Now this station is called, quote, eight ten the spread. The format has no local programming, and the station's schedule is primarily sourced from the BetQL and CBS Sports Radio networks, and it is a uh, it's an all betting format. It's about placing bets on sports. That's which is all the show does the now. The, the entire station. It's all about. That's what I meant. Sh- station, I show. You said that's legal or illegal. As I understand it, sports betting is legal. I don't know if it's nationwide, but I know some states have legalized sports betting. I'm presuming California is one of them because this is a, <laughs> a California station. So they decided they're going to like completely gut this radio station that used to actually have local content in in one of the largest markets on you know on the face of uh, of the United States. It's it crazy. sounds like it's effectively shut down. I mean, I mean, it's it's totally. Why, why would anyone tune into that when they can get exactly the same thing from going online? It's, it's the. Uh, I mean, it is just a desperate cost-cutting move by a company yeah. that is heavily uh, in debt. That is the 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 radio world these days. It seems to me that's the question that the radio world has to answer as well. Is why would people go to our radio station to hear this content that they don't control that is not on demand instead of just finding it on demand online? I don't know. And I, obviously we don't. I don't think radio has the answer either. But I mean, it my God, how like, much can you listen to about sports betting? I don't know. I couldn't listen to any. I right? mean, sports radio would be un, unlistenable to me, but that's just because I'm not interested in the in the topic. But at least with sports radio, you can still talk about all the things going on in sports, right? Like sports, there's a lot of different sports. And there's always some kind of drama in sports, right? Like somebody's uh, yeah. they foot they the, it didn't inflate the footballs right, and so therefore there's controversy, or somebody got arrested at the stadium, right? Like there's still news surrounding the sports world, and there's issues. There's you know trans people in sports, and there's all these controversies, right? Yeah. So you can you can you can flesh out a format with that, but sports betting, where where is the the content there? It's How do they be do this? Boring, man. I, I can't even imagine listening to this for, for, for more than 10 minutes. And how do they get into the, the betting and the odds and all of that nonsense if they're not also talking about and covering the actual sports themselves? Maybe they I just are. don't understand. You know, maybe they are. I don't know. I, it I'm, sounds dull. I'm almost curious enough to just tune in to see exactly <laughs> how bad this is. Well, it can't be good. Yeah. And again, all of the it sounds like all of the content that they offer is available online, mm-hmm. probably on demand so like why would anyone in san francisco tune to this station in order to listen to it don't know but anyway that's since he brought it up there's there's kgo and what has happened to a nearly 100 year old radio station with all kinds of history of being local and now it's just completely useless how the mighty have fallen yeah uh, but yeah, we are still there and we are still live. I was actually told, Aria, by one of our affiliates, and thank you to our over 180 great uh, broadcast radio affiliates across the United States. But one of them told me, and it was sad to hear this, but he said, we're the only show that he's aware of in talk radio that actually does like the old school method of doing talk radio, meaning that we get on the air, we take phone calls, mm-hmm. we talk to listeners, we talk to people who want to call in. 
there's apparently so many of these national shows out there that, yeah, they might take some calls here and there, but sometimes they're just recorded segments. So, Aria, you have a story out of Florida tonight regarding teachers there apparently hiding books to avoid being charged with a felony? I do. New Hampshire has one of these uh, similar sort of law as well. It's called a divisive concepts law, as I understand it, which basically in New Hampshire, it restricts teachers to not covering some subjects like racism or something. I don't know exactly what the details of the law are. Mm-hmm. In Florida, they have something similar, but Florida, it's developing this reputation of being this very conservative, very anti-LGBTQ place. Okay. And that seems to be what this is about. So now Florida teachers are now hiding books to avoid felony charges under a newly signed law. Before you go on, the New Hampshire one, um, as I understand it, prohibits the teachers from teaching the kids like racism, meaning like, uh, what do they call it? There's a certain type of curriculum that's very controversial these days. Oh, that's right. What was that called? I don't remember what it was called, but I know what you're talking yeah. about, and I can't yeah, it's, it's basically where they say, like, white people are all racist and all bad or something. Well, that's and- how Fox News interpreted it, and that's how people who listen to Fox News thinks are interpreted. That's what they believe it says, but most of them have never actually looked into it. I've never looked I into it. I know Carlin Borshenko has looked into it, and she's written a book about uh, this situation, and it seems like there's something to it. Uh, so, I mean, it wouldn't surprise you to, to learn that people in the government sure. schools, the commies that are the teachers in those schools, are teaching kids to divide one another by race. I mean, that's well, I'm going off of what I read on Wikipedia, which obviously is not in depth and it's not yeah. thorough and it's going to be slanted toward the liberal side of things anyway. But from what I read on Wikipedia, it sounded I wish I could remember the freaking name of it. It yeah. sounded Somebody's yelling it at their radio right I'm now, sure. I'm sure. Uh, but it is, as I understand it, it is not a felony in New Hampshire. It is just, sim- it's just right. simply against the rules. And uh, only one teacher has actually been brought into some sort of trouble about it, and it hasn't gone anywhere yet. Florida, yeah. however, is developing this reputation for being anti-LGBTQ. The conservative bastion, you know, the pro-freedom Florida is the quote-unquote free right. state of Florida, as DeSantis is apparently now promoting the state. Well, it's not free. No, it's not. Under a newly signed law in Florida, teachers across the state at all grade levels are required to have all classroom books approved by a, quote, certified media specialist. Hmm. So the state of Florida has created this new position called certified media specialist you have to oh more bureaucracy yeah you have to get certified evidently and you can say yes this book is should be allowed in schools and this book shouldn't and Mm -hmm. if you're if you're a teacher who you know has systematically built up a a library over the years for your students to enjoy you better make sure all of those books have been certified by the state of florida how long does that take it's got to be a long time and Mm -hmm. they every single book i i read a lot of books in school, most of which I got from the school library or from a teacher's classroom. Mm. It, it saddens me to think that some of those books I just would not have had access to. Now, teachers in some districts are being instructed to remove entire libraries of books or cover them up <laughs> so they can't be accessed by students because they haven't yet been approved. Wow. The Sarasota Herald Tribune reports that teachers at all grade levels in the Manatee County School District have been instructed by the district's chief of staff to remove any unapproved books. <laughs> this is the level of book burning that we're at. That they're burning everything except the pre-approved books. 
for fear that any teacher, and they're not literally burning them, but they are effectively, mm. for fear that any teachers found in violation of the book banning law could face felony charges. Wow. Not even misdemeanor charges. And they show a tweet here, but I'm not going to get into it because it's very text heavy. The move is in response to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signing HB 1467, which says that all school reading material must be vetted and approved by an appointed education media specialist with the appropriate state certification. Hmm. So basically, the government is now completely in control. The, uh, the, the government, the state of Florida, is completely in control over what reading materials your kids have access to. And and they're they're screaming about this. They're happy about this. Like, oh, oh yeah. thank goodness they're going to keep that book called homosexual or whatever out of the schools. Right, but, right. The conservatives love it when the government is in their control, and then yeah. they can shove their beliefs down other people's throats. And that's what they you know they believe they're protecting the students of Florida from learning about communism or whatever you know trans this and that or whatever things they find to be offensive. And it's just like, well, you know, maybe that's going to work out for you. Unless the Democrats get in control of the certification board or whatever, and then they can flip the script and then right. ban the conservative books. And they just don't even consider those things. There's plenty yep. of examples of, of how big the Florida government is. And you know, this, this example you're giving us here tonight, Arya, is all about how controlling uh, that they can be. Yep. But they're not shutting down the government schools. They're no, not, they never will. No, they're not, they're not lowering the budget of the state. They hit a record high state budget the last budget they did. It's over $100 billion in the state of Florida for the government that they have there. The Florida government is a humongous government. That is no is not slowing down, it's not stopping, and it's certainly not turning around and getting smaller. So don't buy for one moment this claim of a quote-unquote free state of Florida. It's ridiculous marketing. They're also going to rely on this this little narrative they like to cook up. Well, they're they're not banning gay books or LGBT books. They're not saying you can't have gay books, but no, they're smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Just like if if you that would be easily discrimination if they right, said that. Like if you have trouble walking around, McDonald's isn't going to tell you, oh, well, look, we're not hiring you because because you only have one leg yeah. and you can't do the job. They're going to have some other reason. They're going to have to tell you a to, reason. Yeah, in some states, they don't. In some states, really? they do have do to. Do they really? I think so. It's some I mean, right normally to you just don't get a call something back. Like that. I, I don't know. No, right to work has to do with unionizing. Well, even if they hire you and they miss you or whatever, no no one's ever going to fire you for you know being unable to walk or being a cripple yeah. or whatever. They're going to find some other reason because they're smart right. enough not to say... We're firing you because you're crippled. No, you came in late. And so is the state of Florida. They're smart enough not to say this entire apparatus that's designed to discriminate against LGBTQ people and keep LGBTQ books out of school. They are smart enough not to say we're trying to keep gay books out of school. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're going to have these age-appropriate criteria and these things that could plant unsubstantiated theories in kids' heads that one could interpret to mean transgenderism or LGBTQ stuff or whatever. And that's how they're going to do it. They're not idiots. We're going to Rob to start things out here in hour three. Con from Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live, Rob. Okay, so before I get into what I want to discuss, I want to say, geez, I'm real sorry that your governor there, he vetoed the legalization of cannabis again. Huh? Oh, did he? I didn't hear anything about it. Yeah, yeah I have not heard I mean, about it. Yeah, I mean, what is it? He just... He doesn't get it, or 
Yeah, oh, I'm sort of surprised the last I heard about him, he was more open to the concept than he had been previously, as I understood it. Um, I think it's a little too early to say, Rob, because the bills for this year haven't gone through both sides of the House and the Senate yet. So I, I suspect that what you're referring to is that he is likely to veto. Uh, there has not been any kind of verbal support from Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, for cannabis, uh, but the bills that are being proposed are still being heard, and and they haven't even made it over to the Senate side of the chamber yet. There hasn't even been a vote, uh, from my awareness, on uh, the House side yet. It's that. so absurd, guys. Just legalize the stupid plan at this point. New Hampshire is surrounded by states with legal pot. There is tons of pot in New Hampshire. It's really the question of when and how it's going to happen, more so than if. I'm pretty sure yeah. like most people politically in New Hampshire, they know this is going to transpire. They know that it's going to happen. The question I, is... I thought when I saw that it was in the union leader, but, you know, I mean, but whatever. But, I mean, that's not why I called. I called because, you know, you were talking about, you know radio, AM radio, and stuff like that, and, you know, but AM radio is just, it's all, the stuff that you hear from them is just all from the government, and they, you know, that's the way that they sort of control people, you know, and you have other public officials, like, like the police that come into the AM radio shows, they tell you, you know, how things are going to be, and you know, members of the city council and, you know, the county attorney and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it happens all over the place around the, around the, you know, the United States. And these are the people that make the decisions for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And until the people stand up and say, well, no, we're not going to do that. And it has to come from the people. You know, it's like, you know, the poor guy that was beat to death down in Tennessee. You know, the people need to stand up. We need to start a, the largest grassroots movement that this country has ever seen. We need to hold the police accountable. They need to turn over qualified immunity. Get that the hell out of it. I appreciate the the passion, Rob. I I, I mean I, I do fired def- up, man. I do definitely want to see qualified immunity go away. I it makes me wonder if there's any bills in front of New Hampshire uh, State House this year to do that. Um, that's one worth worth looking into for sure. The story here is from Ethan DeWitt from the New Hampshire Bulletin, and they say that efforts to legalize cannabis are coming back this legislative session because it comes back every time. Uh, After years of defeats, lawmakers have tried simple legalization bills and complex legislation. Both approaches have crashed against opposition in the state Senate. But this year, supporters say they're coming at the problem with their biggest coalition yet. A sprawling bill to legalize the drug, allow for it to be grown at home, and regulate and tax retail operations is set to be introduced in New Hampshire's House this year and has the backing of House Majority Leader Jason Osborne, who's a free stater, by the way, and House Democratic leader Matt Wilhelm. Wow, a, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's a, as they describe it here, a rare joint effort. I don't know if joint was used uh, purposely. 
<laughs> the session's effort has a diverse array of backers in the state, from the ACLU to Americans for Prosperity to the Marijuana Policy Project. Supporters say the final bill is the result of months of discussions with a number of stakeholders. And legalization advocates argue they have their best chance of delivering a bill to Governor Chris Sununu's desk, pointing to a handful of freshman Republican senators who may push them over the line, including the very first ever free stater. New Hampshire Senator oh, Keith that's Murphy. Right. We did get one elected. Yeah. That's right. And there's only 12 senators, right? 24. 24. Okay. 12 counties. Okay. Yeah. Nope. 10. Okay. Then I don't know. Why are there 24 senators? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Somebody drew a map. All right. <laughs> uh, still, recent history is not on supporters' side, and the Senate can be fickle no matter who sits in it. Sununu, who has veered between opposing cannabis legalization to expressing cautious openness, has not given indications of his position. And while public opinion in the state supports legalization, and has for a long time, by the way, police unions and some health-focused organizations have still urged a restraint, suggesting a combative year ahead. Matt Simon, who's also a free stater, a longtime legalization advocate who helped craft the latest bill, is optimistic. He said, quote, I think what's going to be different this year is we seem to have a really engaged, diverse coalition that has bought that is all bought into this. He serves as the director of public and government relations at the Prime Alternative Treatment Center. That's one of the uh, medical cannabis distributors here in New Hampshire. He's also been a marijuana policy project administrator for some time. Uh, the main leg- legalization bill is ambitious. Now, there are several legalization bills that are that have been put forward this year. Bonnie and I went to the State House last week, and I spoke on one of them that is actually, in my opinion, the best one that I've read in, at, at least so far this session, the best one I've heard about. It would basically just end prohibition of cannabis for people 21 and up. Nice. Yeah, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, don't, don't add a new law. Repeal old laws. Correct. Uh, you know, it's not perfect, and it would still be a violation or something for people 18 to 21, and, you know, it'd still be some sort of a ticketable offense or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so it's not a total end of prohibition for under-21s, but for over-21s, it would basically allow for possession. And the way I read the bill, it would also allow for growing in sales. Well, isn't it ticketable now? Isn't that what they do if they catch Decrim. you a pot? Uh, yeah, ticket will, uh, it's up to a, I think it's a hundred dollar fine if you get caught with up to three quarters of an ounce, but this would eliminate that restriction. Right. So it would be no ticket if you're over 21 and I don't think there's a limitation on the amount that you can have. I could be wrong, but that was my reading of the bill. It seemed to just be striking things from the law rather than writing a bunch of new paragraphs. So that one I liked, I think it was like, uh, HB 360. If you go to freekeen.com, you can see I've got video footage of the entire hearing. So if you want right. to kind of see what transpired but it wasn't a well-attended hearing uh, even though it was held in the full state house that's because the bill they're talking about in this article the one that has both the republican and the democratic house leaders support the sprawling that's the complicated, sprawling, bill. complicated one yeah that's the one that's got the the oomph the political uh, support well it's it. got to be sprawling to get the democrats behind it i'm curious how right. often do new hampshire police state police city police county sheriffs whatever how often do they actually enforce any sort of pot law how not, not do they ticket someone days. or right not since decrim 
just about everyone I know smokes pot. I'm one of the few people I know at my job who just do work at a pizza place. place. Right. And just about all of them smoke pot. Most of them do it openly. It's not uncommon to like go to the bar after work on a Sunday night, especially when the weather's warmer. So people are sitting outside and there are people, people just. People just right there on the sidewalk of really? Main Street smoking pot. That is what I like to hear. I'm really glad to hear that, Aria. I did not know it had gone that far. It, uh, yeah, especially from these college kids. I mean, they yeah. don't like sit there passing around bowls or whatever, right. but you smell pot, you see the people smoking, you, it's obvious you know they're smoking on. pot. Yeah. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more. All for free at freetalklive.com.